Good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church and YouTube and internet audience around the world. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. See all your wonderful smiling faces. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we praise you and worship you for who you are, your word. Jesus Christ, the name above all names, to whom we all must bow and confess Jesus is Lord, the blood of the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world, and the Holy Ghost that teaches us all things. Lord, I ask you to anoint Sunni today. Give her the words to say, to teach this, and let the people have ears to hear. And take this and go out into the world to build the kingdom of God for the glory of the Father in the name of Jesus. Mrs. Young, the mic is yours. Thank you for praying. Well, praise the Lord. Yes. So we're going to continue from the last teaching. Why salt? Why? You know, God, we're so specifically, we're going to talk about the covenant of salt. But I was wondering why salt out of the whole universe, whole heavenly things. Why salt? We know about the blood covenant, right? But I thought, why salt? And Lou and I doing the ministry and stuff. When we first, very first to begin with home deliverance, people that we didn't do it because we wanted to do, people were coming to our house for deliverance. And other people were, you know, they were sending people to us. So, but we know about the evil spirit because I definitely experienced a lot. So we knew about it, and we had deliverance from the Lord himself and also through deliverance minister. So we knew the power of the name of Jesus, and the devil had to obey. That was all we knew. But that's all you need. Yep. Okay, so my question was, why salt? So we're going to just go through briefly review quickly and then we're going to continue on this okay so question so last time i talked about benefit of salt so i'm gonna check here so what do you learn from it last time barb so you've been using more salt Natural, sea salt. Okay, anybody else? You're a student. Yes, Bill? Preservative. Anybody else? Antibacterial. Anybody else? John, Victorson, how about you? You know all about salt. Okay, so when you come over to my house, I'm just going to give you water and salt. <laughs> how about that? That's a friendship. Use as money, yeah. Any, any, anybody else? Flavors thing? Yes. Wow, you are a good student. Okay. Yes. Yes, it's a, it's a little more than that, but yes. 
Pastor Lou? Seasoning, right, okay. Good. So we're, we're, we're talking about what is the meaning of the salt covenant. Okay. So we talked about the what, why salt, and what does that mean? Why Lord, why the Heavenly Father, uh, Yahweh himself, say use salt? Okay. It has a more deeper meaning. It has a lots of meaning, actually. And I don't know at all, but we're going to share, okay, the so, uh, state or quality of being loyal, faithfulness to commitment or obligation, faithful adherence. So that's what it means, so loyalty and faithfulness. The salt covenant, if you want to just sum it all, that's what he wanted. Salt is representation. Offering is representation. Animal sacrifice is representation. And then after that, Jesus came, right? So we're going to just go through a few verses here about the salt covenant. Uh, so you all know it's in the Bible. So Numbers 18, 19, all the heave offering of the holy things, which the children of Israel offer unto the Lord, have I given thee and thy son and thy daughters with thee by statute forever? This was to Aaron, the priest. Who are we to the Lord? Are we royal priesthood? Yes. So it count us to not just Aaron and his sea, his sons and daughters, okay? It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord unto thee and to the dicey with thee. So when you talk about covenant, covenant is not a contract, right? Marriage is not a contract. It's a covenant. Contracts, you can write it, you can say it. Once it's done, you can tear it up. You can say goodbye and be gone your way. But covenant is forever. So those who are married and you're having a hard time with husband and wife and you think you're just going to get, just say goodbye and go on your way, that is not it. That is not it. Covenant is, is good when it's everything works out. But when everything doesn't go the way you want to, that's when covenant comes in. That's hard to deal with, right? But there's no breaking, no divorce, no none of, none of those things. So once we covenant with God, there's no divorce. Listen not from God anyway. Leviticus 2.8, And thou shalt bring the meat offering that is made of the things unto the Lord. And when it present unto the priest, he shall bring it unto the altar. So what is altar? This is altar, it's a holy place. We'll bring ourselves to. So salt is, salt is recommended with our meat offering. And uh, King James, we talked about, I think I talked about this last time. King James says meat offering, but other verse, other translations say grain offering. So remember, you don't just take it to priests, you bring, priests will bring to the altar. And every oblation of the meat offering shall thou season with salt. So I'm just going over this. It's a, he wants, God wants, when you bring your offering, 
season with the salt. Put salt in it. Don't just bring it with the uh, no flavor. Did he need meat or grain or cows? And he, did he need it all that? Okay, so it has a more deeper meaning, right? So that's where we're going to go. Awful with the salt. And I always wonder, why salt? Why not love or, you know, why, why not all that? Why not with your gold and silvers and all that? But he, he wanted the salt. Salt is used to signify permanence, royalty, durability, fidelity, usefulness, value, and purification. And then I'm sure it has a lot more meaning than that. So when God says, I want you to put salt in the, your offering, it has a lot more deeper meaning. But we talked about how good salt is. Without salt, you're not going to be healthy. And your blood also has salt. When you're sick, when you go to hospital, they give you IV, right? It has salt in it. In the ancient world, in just salt was a way to make agreement or legal bonding. We talked about that, right? So I'm going to go put it. This is just reviewing. Uh, two parties enter into the agreement. They will eat salt together in the presence of a witness. And uh, at all time, though, when you need a witness, you cannot just have one person. You've got to have two person to be legally, say, is a witness. Okay? That's another reason Jesus sent the two by two out there to uh, maintain, you know, do the things he used to do. He gave them, them a spirit and, and send out the disciple two by two. Yeah, I mean, it's good because two by two, you can help each other, but it's for witness. They went out to witness for good news. So when those two go together to do the work of the kingdom, and they witness God's power together, and that is legal binding witness. That's why that's another reason why he sent the two by two. And also, no coats and none of those things is to build their faith, to let them know God's gonna provide. Okay. So that's extra bonus you guys getting just being reviewed here. <laughs> So Second Chronicle thirteen five. Are ye not to know that the Lord God of Israel, the kingdom of Israel, to David forever, to him that his son by covenant of salt. So so God specifically in the Bible, I mean everybody who bring offering have to salt it and uh, give it to the uh, priest and he have to salt it. Okay. But specifically, some of the uh, verse Bible talks about God made a made covenant specifically with David and Aaron. Okay, so this is a reminder for that. Can you break the salt covenant? Can you be saved and walk away? So God want us to free wear giving, right? 
bring the sword. He's he's ask he's saying bring it. If you let's let's do legally covenant me and you. But you you don't have to say yes to it, even at that time. Right? Because he said sword, bring the sword at that time, biblical time, not everybody had a sword. So order to bring a little bit of salt f- with your offering was sacrifice for some people. People who had salt, who was rich and who had more money and whatever, the status and all that, that, it was okay for them. But people who didn't have it, it was sacrifice to bring salt with their offering. So it has a lot more meaning than you know, what you can see. So you can break the salt covenant if you want to. You're just not going to enter into that covenant relationship. So pass the salt. Let's have some salt with the popcorn. Okay. I like some salt with my eggs. Okay. I don't have to worry about John because he just wants salt and water. <laughs> a lot easier for me. Is, I'm going to remind you on that. <laughs> so let's talk about, let's look at some New Testament. John 13, 20. When Jesus had say uh, he was troubled in spirit, this is the uh, last supper time. And, and testify, and verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. You know, you know who we're talking about here. Then Jesus answered, he it is to whom I shall give a sub. Which a sub is kind of like a gravy or some, uh, some don't use, just soak your bread and eat. And, and when I have dipped it, and when he had dipped it to same thing, and he gave it to the Judas, I, I is scared, and son of Simon. Okay, so you know he betrayed him. Okay, so he had a choice. He had a soul covenant. He went with Jesus, and he did. He witnessed all this miracle, and this was before he go into the cross. And he did all that, and, and he betrayed God. He betrayed Jesus. What, didn't Jesus know this? So you know they already had a soul covenant because that time, that biblical time, you know, when they sat together, 12, with Jesus, they always had a salt with their bread because their tradition, especially right even now at Sabbath in Israel, they dip their bread in the salt. So you know they shared the salt. They had a covenant relationship. They bonded together. And they, I give you my life, and you give your life to me. That's what it means, really. Don't just say it. Do it. So, yes, you can break the covenant. Oh, this stuck. Yeah, so they, uh, they didn't have a salt shaker at that time. So they passed the salt around, 
in, in, in a bowl or dish. Yeah. So you share. So it's a table. Bring everything to table. You don't just sit with anybody at your table. You don't just invite anybody to your house. You don't just bring, feed people and eat with them together. So that signify friendship. And the, I think it's in the uh, Old Testament talks about don't eat with the unbeliever also. It has a more deeper meaning than don't associate with the unbeliever. Yeah, but God also said, I send you. We are the ship. I send you into the wolf also. So how are we going to witness if we don't associate with the non-believer? We were non-believer before. What is thought good for what we talked about, right? Everybody already pretty much know, yeah, unrefined salt, right? Salt you mix with something else. I mean, you know, we as a lady, we like to use salt scrub, you know, with oil. Sometimes we use sugar, you know, but salt, yeah? Because exfoliate our skin so we can be beautiful, right? Yeah? And you put some essential oil to make it smell better. Huh? That's all additive, right? Yeah. Actually, when my mom, when she had a little bit of rash, when she was with me, I put some salt in the hot water, let her soak before. And it really helped her. Itching and stuff, that helps too. Yeah. So that's an extra bonus. I'm going to charge you guys. <laughs> So that promote the insulin sensitivity, natural antihistamine need for good digestion. So you need good salt to balance your body. You, our body is made rhythmically. You know, when they check pulse and the blood pressure, it has a rhythmic, it has a count. So if something's wrong with our body somewhere, then it goes off the balance. That's why they check all that kind of stuff. So that salt helps all that. Sport thyroid, if you have a problem with thyroid, the deeper meaning is all everything caused by sin. You know that, right? Sickness. And normally, in my belief, is if your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion is out of balance, it's been traumatized, it's been hurt, it's been rejected, it's been offended, then that shows up in your body. Okay. Reduce stress hormone and overall hormone balance. So we need the good salt. Yeah, after I've been studying this, so I've been eating a little more salt, really. Before, stay away from salt. Yeah, it's gonna, you know, not good. Then I see John eating all my salt. <laughs> and I thought, oh my, and, and Eric. Eric. So when they sweat, guess what? You actually see the salt. <laughs> so at least it comes out, it doesn't stay in your body, right? About a proper stomach pH. Oh, salt lowers adrenaline. Spikes. Boy, I have a hard time saying some of this stuff. Salt improves sleep quality. 
Uh, adequate salt consumption encourage healthy weight and fast metabolism. Yeah, you can add some cayenne pepper to it, and it will help. <laughs> salt support thyroid function, which we talked about that. What does the Bible say about salt? Okay, the main source of salt in the, uh, it was uh, in the Dead Sea, right? That was in Israel, and main salt is in the Dead Sea. Dead Sea has a, a saltiness of 33.7%, almost 10 times saltier than regular seawater, and ocean is about 30%. I think I also talked about, you know, we uh, at the church, the people who actually step up and doing the work and serve is about 2 to 3%. Doesn't matter how many is your congregation, is is usually at those low amount people. They are salty. They are salty, yeah. Yeah. So if you're not salty, you better get in to be a salty. Yeah. So you can be a good to other, right? Yeah. It can be good or bad. Too much salt is not good either, right? Because if, if a certain vitamin is really good for you, it doesn't mean you take the whole bottle at one time, right? Okay. So common sense. So uh, and when you go to Israel, you can go to uh, Dead Sea and you can flow. It doesn't, you, don't get, you don't sink. It's just going to flow. That's the salt block you can see more close up. Ezekiel, so we're going back to Ezekiel now. And, and as for thy nativity in the day thou was, was born, thy navel was not cut, neither was the washed in the water to supple thee. And thy was not salted at all, nor swaddled at all. So this is uh, Ezekiel telling the people. And if a ba this is talking about baby. Okay, when baby's born, and, and the way they used to do, people who can afford the salt, when baby's born, you know that you have to cut the umbrella cord. And then you have to wipe them up, right? And they used the salt water to wipe them up to get rid of the bacteria. Because their society at those times is not like here. So environment is not sanitary like we were. So they used salt water to wash the babies. Then they wrap them up, okay? But what Ezekiel is saying to these people, you were born, but you've never been cut. you never, never been cut, and you've never been washed with salt water. What does that mean? You die. Yes, Bill. Yeah, it is. Basically, you're not going to live healthy. You are, not, you are not living the life God has for you. You're basically, you are cursed. So he's warning them to, to example of this verse to the people. I mean, baby's born, you're never going to grow. You, you're not, you're not going to cry or nothing because it's, it's provision is not there for the baby to be healthy. Might as well not be born, right? Because nobody's doing nothing for them. Okay, God is saying, I'm your provider. I'm the one. You follow me, then I will do all this for you. 
So Saul and the judgment, Judge 9.45, Abimelech fought against the city all that day, and he took the city and slew the people that was therein, and beat down the city and sowed it with salt. Okay, so at all time, even, even some Asia, in Korea, they still do it. If, if somebody come to your store and don't buy anything, but asking a whole bunch of questions and they leave without buying nothing, after they leave, they put the salt out there. Sprinkle salt, saying, you are not good for me. Basically, that's what it means, you know. So they just cleansing and but it's curse okay and they don't even know that's what they're doing yeah so Abimelech he wasn't no good person but he fought with other people and he won then he wanted to curse that land so he salted it judgment this sowing a place with salt was a custom in different nations to express permanent desolation or abomination, basically. Okay. And, and sometimes we used to do that. In Africa and the believer, they sought their land for the, uh, away from evil spirits. Like some people say, oh, put some garlic out there. If that's all we need to do, we don't have no problem with evil spirit, right? <laughs> well, vampire is evil spirit. It's not a good spirit. So let's talk about Elisha. Second King two nineteen to twenty one. And the man of the city and say unto Elisha, Behold, I pray to you. The situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth. You know, everything outside looks good, but the water. It's not, and the ground is barren. And he said, bring me a new cruise, which is a new bottle or new bowl, and put salt there, and then bring it to him. And he went forth unto the spring of the water and cast the salt there and said, thus say the Lord. So he's using the Lord's name. I have healed this waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. Okay, so let's go back here. So outside, when you walked in the city, your surrounding, your area, your home, or who you're hanging out, or your church, it looks good from outside to the view. But the water is not. What's water? Isn't it there's a water out of your belly is to come out okay so water is inside you it's not good even though outside looks really good but inside it's not that's what he's saying the ground is barren what's the ground where, where, where are we standing what our establishment and we are made out of dirt right and he said, bring me a new cruise. So this is a breakthrough. When the prophet comes in to, at that time, prophet comes in, a right person, or anointed by, sent by God, who come into your life. And you gotta have some discernment. Don't be lied to. Don't be 
giving them million dollars and nothing happens. Well, something does happen. God will bless you for what you did, but the motive wasn't good, right? Okay. Bring me a new cruise. So, mercy is new every morning, so today is a new day. Bring new bowl, new life, new heart to God. And put some salt, put some seasoning in there. Do something. And they brought it to him, to the prophet. And he went forth unto the spring of water. So basically he went to that person or that family. He's going to do something. He's going to put some salt in there. And he's going to use God's name. And he's going to heal the issue. Individually or corporately or neighborhood. Who can do that? The believer. Yeah, not just the prophet. At that time, an anointing just come on a few people, prophets and kings and priests. So he said, Thus say the Lord, I have healed the waters, and they shall not be from hence any more death or barren land. So if we are barren, or something is dead inside of us, then you know you need the salt, right? Meaning of salt, meaning of salt, you need some spice, you need some zeal, you need some fire. You need to change your circumstance and you need to know, you need to recognize first. But these people in that land, they recognize. How was salt used in biblical time? So I'm just throwing some stuff out to you to think about. Holy Spirit is touching your heart, individually or different. Salt was used to cure meat and fish. They still do. They still do. I think it was Talasia. She's from uh, Inak tribe of Eskimo, and they you they you know they eat fish. And they salt it, and they, they uh, how, how you say that? Um, no, no, they put it in the jar, and they age it, age it to make a fish sauce. <laughs> and then after so many months and years passes, you open it. <sighs> but when you acquire the taste, there's a seasoning. Is seasoning with the fish seasoning with salt in it. Okay, so it doesn't go bad, but it smells like it. Okay, you give it to Lou, and he probably won't eat it. I probably will try it. So the fish, meat, and, and also the salt, they draw moisture from the you know, fish. So it dries and it cures. And you can put it out in the sun. Flies loves to come, but you have to shield that and let it dry, and that lasts for a long time. And you just grill them. That's it, you don't have season anymore, nothing. Yeah. And also salt does bring that flavor in that fish or whatever you're using, it brings out the flavor. Yeah. The regional flavor. Depends on the fish. <laughs> so it was used in many different ways in ancient 
Okay, sorting the mummy. Yeah, Egyptians, yeah, they preserved manner of ancient Egyptian the body embalmed or treated for burial. They use lots and lots of salt like this. Preservative, you remember? Yeah, they think they're gonna come back to life. So reincarnation stuff in Buddhism and Egypt and all these people, they use all kinds of stuff to trying to not decay the body. But best way is to decay the body or to turn ash to ash, right? Yeah. So look 1434 to 35. Salt is good. We all know that. Now we do, right? But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? I have a, I send a, a pastor loot to Walmart to get a, a Himalayan salt in the Walmart. And he came back and he said, you will not believe how much this is, eight something for a little one. I say, you need to, let's check the Amazon or something, let's, so we, he took back and we bought a 25 pound. And so you calculate it's a lot cheaper. The same salt, maybe even better quality. So that's what we did. So salt is good, but if it's not good, then what is it good for? Nothing. I mean, if you know if it's no good, why would you put it in your food? It's just like you're putting in sand in it purposely, right? It don't make any sense, right? So salt, you gotta have a flavor. It is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill, but the man casted it out. He that has an ear to hear, right? Okay, so at, at biblical time, long you know, not just the Israel, but all over, really, they didn't have no bathroom. They didn't have a toilet water running. They didn't have a toilet paper. Like we went to Cambodia, no, no toilet paper, it shocked me. And you know about the hand, left hand and right hand, right? Left hand you use for dunghill. The right hand, you eat. And a lot of the place, they didn't have no plates and things, you use your hand to eat your food. And some place they still do. So the uh, biblical time, long time ago, they didn't have no bathroom or anything. So each house, they carried a little shovel thing, you know, like a little hole type, you know, something you can use as two to dig the hole. When you got to go number two, you have to, you know, that's their sanitary. God told them to bury them. So you have to go dig in the probably the end of your property. And, and dig the hole, and you do your business, and then you put your salt on. To why you put salt on? To kill the germ. See, the God already knew. That's why He provided all the provision. Old Testament, they say, oh, it's not, not, it's not for us now. It is. Torah, five first five books. That's, that's our, um, how should I say, that's the one we us to follow. Yeah, that's the, it's not legalism. 
So, so that's what they did. It's not even good for your downhill, not for the number two. <laughs> that means they're going to get sick. It's going to provide all bacteria, germs, and all this stuff. He that has ear to hear, let him hear it, you know. So if you're not being assault, then you're not even good for bathrooms. So no toilet paper. So I don't know how, what you're going to do about the left hand. So the salt came from uh, Latin words, uh, salarium, salt money, salary, which somebody talked about this. Yeah. So a long time ago, when you work for somebody, you get paid by salt. That's how precious it was. And if you're not good at what you're doing, they don't pay you because you're not worth your salt. Yeah. So if you are hiring somebody, your management or whoever, if they're not doing their job, you don't want to pay them. They just waste your time. They're just there to collect your money, right? That's not good. Hopefully the Christian don't do that. Yeah. So salary, that's where it's come from. What do you salt? Expression, worth his salt or earning his salt? Originated mean worth his pay. So if you're getting pay, you better do your best. Roman use salt as medicine. So the, the even biblical time, they use salt as the medicine. They wash the baby with the salt water to cleanse them. If you get cut, if you don't have right, you know, in the Western time, they used the whiskey or something like that to cut, to sanitize. The salt does the same thing like I use salt for my mom's bath. Yeah. So it's, it's good for you. You can use it many different ways. Then they also have absent salt. It's not a, like a salt, but it's absent salt. Good for the plant. Also, it helps you relax your body in a hot tub. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it's fun to bring this salting the kimchi. Okay. Since I'm Korean, originated from Korea, right? So we eat this, so the kimchi is a Chinese cabbage. And at that time, long time ago, we didn't have no refrigeration, so they have to come up with something it would last long, especially in winter time. So they bury, they dig the hole, they uh, bury the big jar, I mean huge, like this. And, and, and they put kimchi, and they restore that in the whole winter time till spring come. So they make like 200, 300 cabbage, that kind of cabbage. And usually it's a family and neighborhood deal. They all come to help each time they do in different houses. Everybody go there, they all work together. And you know, they give you some and stuff, but you do that with everybody, whole neighborhood, help each other. So, or the, Salting the kimchi is not just seasoning that uh, cabbage. <sighs> you want to hear? Okay. So that white part of a cabbage is really hard. And if it's not salted, it doesn't get soft, so it breaks. It doesn't last either. So they salt it in the hard part and let it sit for 24 hours. And they bend. If they don't break, they're flexible, then that's when it's done. Then you wash them, you let the water drain, then you season with the red hot pepper.
pepper, green onions, garlics, gingers, and all kinds of stuff. And they make a seasoning. Then they cover and they wrap around and they store that way. It lasts. And it's good for your digestion. Also, it's, it's good prebiotic and probiotic. Boy, I'm teaching medical here. <laughs> so this is the, I thought I'd just show you. This is how they do it. So let's talk about Lot. This was, uh, Pastor Lou put this on. Okay. Lot was obviously going to miss his wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. Salt French fry. Yeah, I wouldn't want to eat French fry with no salt, right? Okay. So you know what happened? She turned around. She broke the covenant. So guess what? Salt block. Not mount to nothing, right? She's gone. Then guess what happened after that? When mama's not there, things go <laughs> crazy in that household. Look at what happened with the two daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here, spiritual counterfeit. Salt and sugar look like. Depends on, right? Be careful who you trust. Salt and sugar look the same. Well, so us as being Christian, we can walk in the church and we can just play Christian. And it looks just like it, everybody. How are you doing? Oh, I am so blessed. I am so blessed. We are blessed. But sometimes we fake it too much. Yeah, we do. We do. And I remember when I was teaching with the Sunday school kids a long time ago, there was this little girl tells me, my mom and dad fought all the way home, all the way to church, and they've been fighting. They tell you everything, little kids. <laughs> and then when you walk in, boy, you're dressed up and pretty. How you doing? Oh, just I am so blessed. Thank you, sister, brother. But yet they've been fighting all day. You, you don't be on, oh, maybe you can just give me a big hug. That will help me today. And, you know, we can do that, you know. I mean, but we don't want to hear you complain all the time, but, <laughs> right? Christian fake too much. And also minister, you better watch who you get involved in as a minister. Wise. And I, I heard some, some minister in some other country use salt covenant as the collecting money. I don't, I don't mind. In fact, I think it's okay for you to collect offering for your teaching or your ministry. But using salt covenant to, do, to collect more money, that's not it. People don't understand what salt covenant is. And so when they say that, because you're supposed to put salt into your offering. <laughs> so much is better. Put lots of salt in your offering. Bring it here. You'll be blessed more. They still do that. And people still do follow that stuff. So our church, we love to give, but don't put it in wrong land. No wrong basket, right? 
So be careful, and this is many different ways. You need to see the fruit, right? Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But if you don't see much fruit, then you might want to just pray for them. So there is spiritual counterfeit. So represent life. Without the salt, there's no life. Salt covenant represents sharing each other's living life and giving oneself to one another. So we have salt covenant with Jesus also. He modeled for us. Salt covenant is eternal, everlasting. He will never break his long as we don't break ours. Salt never change. When salt mixed with your salt, you cannot tell yours and mine. So there's no competition. No measuring, no judging. Mark 9, 49 to 54. Everyone shall be salted with fire. And every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Yeah. What? Salt with fire? What does that mean? Have some zeal. Have some zeal. Burn with salt flavor. And, you know, every good thing has opposite too. You know, when, when you are burning, don't burn people. You're supposed to keep the warmth, give them a light, not to burn them. But sometimes our zeal, sometimes our way, go close to people and burn them. And they don't want to come near you. Ouch, ouch. I done that. I, I'm, I'm sure I still do it. I don't want to do it. And sometimes we do without us knowingly doing it. Salt is good. If the salt have lots of saltiness, will you be seasoned? Have a salt in yourself and have a peace with one another? So if you're salty, you're supposed to bring good things out of the people. You're supposed to take a bad thing out of them. You're supposed to uh, warm them. You're supposed to season what is good in them to bring it out. You're supposed to bring, not to let them run away. Sometimes I'm so black and white in, in many my way. That doesn't mean I'm always right, no. But sometimes I think I, it, I do that sometimes. I'm trying not to. But sometimes top love is also being sought. Sometimes ouch comes, but it's still love. Yeah. Ezekiel, going back here. And he said unto me, Son of man, thus say the Lord, these are the ornaments of altar. So when you bring your offering, bring it to altar. It's holy, in other words, holy place. Offer all. In the day when they shall make it to offer burnt offering thereon, to sprinkle blood thereon. Is that remind you of the New Testament? So he's been talking about salt covenant. Bring your offering with salt. Now he's talking about blood. Then also he's talking about the burnt offering. Offer burnt offering. So in other words, when you burn something, at the beginning it's hot 
zeal and everything. As it process, then everything on top of that burn be left with ash, right? That's a, that's a total offering, right? So we're supposed to be like that. Burn through the trials, tribulation, the teaching, our walks, and our relationship with God and other people, okay? Then pretty soon it get tough. Then so you burn that all that fire and you get diminished as time goes. But in the meantime, everything burned and is left in ash. You become humble and you don't have any more feeling. Supposed to. That's what he wants from us. Give it all. Let it burn everything. Everything you think, your education, your heart, your gender, your vision, whatever. If it's not a kingdom of God, it's not from Holy Spirit, let it all go through that process and be burned and be ash. And that's what I want you to be. That's what I want to be, but it's so hard. That's why burn offering is different, right? And then sprinkle blood thereon. Blood is life too, right? So give you life. Burn it. That's what he wants. And thou shalt offer them before the Lord. Priests shall cast salt upon them, and they shall offer them unto the burnt offering unto the Lord. So I guess if we totally burn and left with ash, we don't have no reaction. Right? And how we do that is through situation, through relationship with families, church members, all of it. And yourself. I deal with myself a lot. Not good. <laughs> Our lives are to be burnt offering to God. He wants it all. That's what it means. Salt covenant, blood covenant. That's, that's what Jesus did. That's what he wants. That's a picture of a New Testament. Roman 12.1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, sister, the mercy of God, that ye present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's what he wants. Mercy is new every morning. So his mercy is there to lead us and help us to burn, to be ash, to do our whole body, whole our living, all earthly, everything is sacrificed, holy, acceptable unto God. That's what he wants. That's what we want. But it's really hard. It is, isn't it? Yeah. The Dead Sea only receives water. It doesn't give out. That's why it's salty, too, too, too salty. You don't just receive. There's a season and time which receive. But there's time you need to give. If water doesn't flow, it spoils. It has to flow. Comes in and goes out. Money comes in, money goes out. You store it, then moths comes and spiral webs and all kind of things happen. Money stinks too, you know. If you hide somewhere for a while, you take it out, it smells. How would I know? I did it, I know. <laughs> So you don't just receive, you give. 
So just example of that sea. There's no water outlet. Jordan River flow into the Red Sea. One reason that sea is so salty because there's no outlet. And I hear the Jordan Rivers being really dried up now. Yes. So the another lesson this is to don't just stay baby. Don't just say me, me, me. Don't just receive, receive, receive it. Don't do nothing. Oh, once in a while you do something. Yeah, you put penny here. Maybe penny here. Oh, hundred dollar. I put hundred dollar here a little bit. Oh, I did really good. You probably did. You know, the living sacrifice. Really, is what we have is gift from God. It really is not us, ours. I was telling Pastor Lou, I said, you know, we're not going to take it with us. It's not like we're rich or anything, but because we've been helping my oldest daughter. <laughs> so I was asking him, hey, how much do we have? I don't even know how much we have in the checking account. Not much. We've been helping, you know, so I said, well, that's good. We're sowing. Family or not, we're sowing. Yeah. If you believe it. So and the Deuteronomy twenty nine, twenty three, and the whole land thereof is brimstone. And the salt and burning salt is salt that it is not sown nor barren or any grass grow. So if if too much salt, nothing grows. So don't try to Give people good news. You need to discern. There's a time to give. There's time to pray. Time to just love. Don't let them run away from you. I used to do that a lot with all my family. They ran. All my friends, they, when they see me, they ran away. Because they knew what I was going to do. <laughs> and once I start, I don't, I don't stop. So you know, that's what they did. And I learned later. I said, oh, that's not good. Uh, way to do it. Like the overthrow of Sodom and the Gomorrah, Adima and Zeboim, which the Lord overthrew his anger and, and his wrath, and he made a salty land. Disobedience to God caused us to have a salt land. So each time, think about this, each time we disobey, it costs something in us because we disagree with what the God says. So that means we become more salt land, and nothing grow, nothing prosper, no blessing. Things started getting sour. So our guidance is the Bible, what he says. Either we like it or not, we feel like it or not, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, convenient or not. Talking to me, Jeremiah 17, 5, 6, does say the Lord, Curse be the man that trusts in men and make it flesh his arm and whose heart depart from the Lord. So we need to examine our heart. We want to be look good to the people. We want them to accept us. We want whoever the situation. We do. But we have to check our heart motive to why we're doing it. Are we want to be accepted by people. Yes, we do. We all do. We don't want to be rejected by each other or anybody. But we need to thank God first. Well, how he sees. Would he accept me for my action right now? Sometimes I get, you know, stupid. 
So I don't think about that. I do it first. Then later I'm going, oh, forgive me. Please forgive me. We all do it. But we're supposed to get better at it. Right? After we go through over and over, then we're supposed to learn something. Yeah. Practicing, yeah. So we become a salt land in somewhere in our system, our soul, our spirit somewhere. When we each time we disobeyed, if we don't now we have a provision to repent, truly repent, then then he takes that salt land off. But if we continue on, then we're gonna make ourselves salt land and our environment, our people, our family our spouses. For he shall be like a heat in the desert. Ooh, it's too hot in the desert, right? No water, no nothing. Shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit and perch place in the wilderness. My goodness. In a salt land and not inhabited. So when it's salt land, when you become inside, you become bitter, angry, Unforgiveness, agenda, pride, all those things, that's the salt land you're building. And there's not much stuff will grow from you to other, not to God either. So this is a different way looking at things. Yeah. So you are the salt. I am the salt. That's what God said. Matthew 5.13 says, we, you are the salt in, on earth. What's earth? We are made of earth. We're supposed to be spicy. We're supposed to be seasoning people. We're supposed to be withdrawing the bad things. We're supposed to bring the good flavor out of people. Because salt stay by itself is just nothing. Right? But if you use that with the food, different people, different situation, with just enough of salt to bring peace and, and, and joy and encouragement. We are the salt, but if salt doesn't do nothing, it doesn't go anywhere. But now you know, I know what its meaning is. So are you salty or not? Are you salt or not? Are you sugar? Sugar harm the body. Salt helps. So I hope this helped us to understand a little more than yesterday to help us to walk it out, remember. So it really helped me to do this. So I really pray God to Holy Spirit to help you to remember some of this stuff. I know we can't remember all of them, but be a salt on earth. Be spicy. God bless you. Thanks for coming. Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, everyone. So glad to see you guys here. Okay, we're going to hand these out. Okay, so we are in the month of February. Last week was so much fun for the chili cook-off. If you won, come claim your prize. We have third, third place runner-up was Jessica. 
<laughs> it was, I mean, they were all so good. And if, I will say, this chili cook-off contest was so much fun because literally every chili was completely different. Some were chunks, some were brisket, some were extra spicy, some had beans. Like, each one was very different, so it was a lot of fun. All right, second runner-up, which was a tie between Amy and Bill. So come on up, and we'll get another one coming in. Amy, you want to go ahead and grab Bill? Grab this one? Okay. Amy's <clears throat> like, I already got tons of them. <laughs> oh, oh. Awesome. All right. And then first place runner up was my husband, Chris, and he sat home with a sick child. So we will take that today. But yeah, so thank you everyone for participating in the chili cook-off. And then how about them Chiefs? Yeah, that was a great game. I'll tell you what. Okay. Now on to the serious stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, like donuts. I don't think there's a whole lot left for February, honestly, except, you know, intercessory prayer. That's the next thing. But I don't think there's much more than that. I forget that. It's on the other side. That's why. The deliverance meeting, um, February 25th uh, from 10 a.m. to 2.30. So this is the deliverance meeting. It's what is a spirit of infirmity. If you don't know it, you think you know it. Either way, you should be here. It's going to be training equipping. It's going to be a lot of learning, a lot of knowledge. Um, Ten, and the ministry, and how to minister and everything. So um, whether, you, like I said, whether you think you know what it means or you don't, either way, it should be one of those things that we try and participate. So that is February 25th from 10 a.m. to 2.30. Come prayed up, ready, hearts open, ready to receive and that will be lots of fun. Now, I want to turn it over to Barb. Um, we do have a prayer request. Ladies, if you can hand this over. Um, a prayer request. Tick was in a car accident, and he's paralyzed um, right now. So we want to make sure that we all keep him in prayer. You may not know this person, and that's fine. We're all called to be intercessors. But his name is Tick, and he was in a horrible car accident and is completely paralyzed right now. So please keep him and his family in prayers. All right, Barb, I'll turn it all over to you. Okay, thank you. Um, hey, we had a great uh, prayer meeting uh, two Tuesdays ago. It was a wonderful group, and we're shaking the heavens, and we can't wait for the praise reports. Hallelujah. So thank you all for attending. Um, and those of you that have not yet signed up, uh, please join, because you know what? There's power in numbers. And when we pray in agreement in the Lord's name, the Lord is there. He is there with us, and he is granting our, our prayers. He is making things happen. So praise God. Praise God for the things that he's already done and that he's going to do. Um, so the next meeting is this Tuesday, and I'm encouraging you, join. Join. Um, we pray for the lost. We pray for the sick. We pray for people needing a touch. We pray for uh, people that are um, struggling. We pray for all kinds of things. And God is doing a work. Um, I've got prayer requests here. If you um, have a need that you want to submit on paper, you, you can put them on a card here. You can also sign up. If you want to join the meeting on Tuesday, which I encourage you to, it's at 7 to 8.15 p.m., 
Um, download the Zoom app on your phone. If you're going to join by phone, you have to download the app first, so um, prepare for that. And then I'll send a link out, but I'll be sending out a link to everybody um, tonight. Um, get your prayer list ready. Get your names ready, because if you're like me and you're put on the spot, you just go totally blank and go, I had like 10 people and I'm forgetting, you know, so let's, let's prepare this time. We'll get um, names ready and we'll get ready to rock it, rock it in God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. Thank you everyone. And God bless. Oh, um, we're praying for tick, right? Tick Cole. So keep him. Can I do a short prayer, please? Okay. Uh, Heavenly father, we boldly come to your throne of uh, grace and mercy right now. We lift tick Cole up. You're your son, right now in the name of Jesus, Father, we ask you to touch him from head to toe. Restore, restore his, his movement, God. Restore his nervous system from his brain all the way down to every end of every nerve ending, down through his spine, God. Remove any swelling, any damage. Regrow anything that's detached, Lord. Connect his nerve endings, God. We ask you for this miracle, and it's not a miracle for you because you are God of the universe. You are the one that spoke the world into existence, God. And you say when we gather together in agreement as touching anything on earth, in Jesus' name, you will do it. And Father, we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, uh, now it's time for tithes and offerings, so please come forward. It's time to uh, give back to God a little portion of what he deserves, what a little portion of what he gives us, sorry. And um, the Bible says that everything comes from God, and it is for his glory. Amen. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And let's pray for these uh, tithes and offerings. Dear Heavenly Father, we present these tithes and offering in front of you, in front of your throne. We're giving back just a little portion of the many things, the many blessings that you give us. We ask in Jesus' name that you multiply to each one of these families represented in this church. We praise and worship you, Jesus, and we bless these offerings, these seeds. May they give their rip when it's time. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, receive these and multiply it back to the people. This is to build your kingdom, so I ask your kingdom to continue to expand and that you will use this for that purpose. And Lord, I thank you that we cannot outgive you, but we sow this in faith and we expect to harvest, so we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Tony, come forward. Oh. Amen. Hi. God bless you all. Where's the, oh, <laughs> good, okay. So, now is offering for the missions, you know. The Lord is doing great things. We're getting prepared. We're sending a team next month. Where is it? To Pakistan and Dubai. Pakistan and Dubai. So that's 
amazing. Okay? Thank the Lord. We're sowing. We're going into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. What happened? What screen? Oh! <laughs> and the Honduras children. Yes, this is for Pakistan. Yes. Hey, thank you. So, thank you for the money. We're going to pray for it. And let me give everybody a, a, a little testimony, a praise report. Two weeks ago, uh, everybody knows I do shows for kids. Well, I had an accident. I fell back. And to tell you the truth, the Lord did a miracle for, because for one week, I couldn't even get up out, out of bed. Okay? So that's another story, but thank you. Thank you for that. And the Lord is really going to bless us. Should we pray for it? Look at that. I can't even bend. <laughs> so thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because you know, going and sharing your love, Lord, with others, that's one of our missions, Lord. You said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, Lord. And with this money, Lord, we make it possible for the team to go. And Lord Jesus, we thank you. We ask you to multiply it, Lord. Multiply the blessings for the people that gave and multiply the, uh, these funds so we could do great and mighty things in other lands. In Jesus' name. Scripture says, beautiful are the feet that brings the gospel. Lord, we bless those who are taking the gospel to Dubai, Pakistan, Cambodia, Honduras, and wherever else it's, you see fit to send us. And I ask you to bless the people back to support these missions. And Lord, I thank you that we are a mission church. I ask you to do mighty signs and wonders and save souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. The joy of the Lord is our? The joy of the Lord is our? Strength. Amen. We praise him in all things. Why do we praise God? What is the reasons we praise God? I can't hear you. Yes. Okay. So we worship and we praise God. Because he is worthy and we love him. What does it do for us? What does praise and worship do for us? It lifts us up. It excites us. It fills us up. It is a way to fellowship with God, right? It is exhorting. It's honoring. It's building. We want to exalt God. That's why we praise and worship. That's why we give our all to him, because he is worthy. Who cares about the song if it's good or bad? Or if you understand the words, it's your heart's desire, your heart's intent. And the joy of the Lord is your, is your strength. Amen. So I encourage you to get challenging. Challenge yourself. Get out of your comfort zones. If you haven't raised your hands, raise your hands. Why? Because you're free. You are giving your all to him. If you haven't clapped your hands, why do we clap our hands? To make a sweet sound into his ears. Why do we dance? Dance like David danced. 
Dance like the children. Be Christ-like. Be childlike. We're going to be free in Jesus' name. Amen? So let's give him all the praise and all the glory and all the honor because he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. All right, let's go for it. Come on, let's put our hands together. We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is, we worship the God who will be. He opened the prison doors, he parted the raging seas, my God, he holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out our praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. Come on. We shout out your praise. Hallelujah. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. He hung up on that cross and he rose up from that grave. My God still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. My God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. Forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. And we were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Hallelujah. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Come on. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. Hallelujah. 
the authority to calm those storms, to heal the sick and raise the dead. Hallelujah. Lord, right now we receive it. You became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness he humbled himself and carried the cross love so amazing yes love so amazing jesus messiah Blessed redeemer, 
the ransom from heaven, the Jesus Messiah, Lord of all. Yes, Jesus Messiah, the Lord of upon your back are the reasons we are healed. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, you were here before the And you thought of me 
to heal and lead others to you. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Awesome praise and worship, amen. Y'all feel the Spirit of God in this place? Amen. Well, let me introduce my brother, Jonathan Gayo. He's coming with an awesome message. I don't know what it is, but I know it's awesome because that's the type of message he brings. So, Lord, I ask you to bless him with the anointing and uh, rebuke the enemy that steals a word from our hearts. I ask that the word be sealed with the blood of Jesus in their hearts so they can take this message out and use it as a weapon against the evil. The days are evil, Lord, but we have no fear because you go through the valley right beside us, and we know that we win. So I thank you, Lord, for the message that Jonathan is about to give in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. You're good. I got that. Hello. Good morning. Can you hear me? Hello, hello, hello. Oh, let me scoot this up. Better? Better? Good? Yeah, good? All right. Praise God. Um, hallelujah. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. We worship you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for today. That was a beautiful worship. I pray, Father God, that out of the praise out of our mouths, that we would be able to raise it up to you like incense and just be pleasing to you. Uh, same thing with this word, Almighty Father. I pray that you will help me preach this word because it's not my word, it is yours. I pray that you would have the power of the Holy Spirit help every single person in here, everybody online to receive this word and to increase their faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. All right, so today we will be talking about faith. First off, how is everybody? Right? We had Super Bowl Sunday. We had a chili cook-off. I wasn't there for that, but I hope that was mighty tasty and very competitive. So that was good. I, I see a lot of thumbs up. All right, today we'll be talking about walk by faith. 
And by faith, I had Chuck uh, wear a shirt last week, Walk by Faith. And I was like, hey, that's a confirmation. So thank you for that, Chuck. Um, So out of a world that we live in right now, things are getting a little hectic, a little crazy. There's some balloons flying. I'm not going to talk too much about that. Um, But there are a lot of concepts out there. There's a lot of beliefs. There's a lot of conspiracies. And where do we all stand with this? Should we be scared? No. No. What Should we expect things like this to happen? Yes. Yes. And we should have faith that will be um, supporting us through all of this. Amen? Amen. So as we see these things unfold, um, it is heartbreaking. There are a lot of things that we don't like to see. But that's with our spiritual uh, that's with our physical eyes. We need to start living with our spiritual eyes. Amen. Walk by faith. So that's what today we will be talking about. So if you are anything like me, you might have pondered upon some of these very deep questions in life. What do I like why do I do what I do? Every single day, like w- what causes me to do that? Why do I go to work? Why you know, what is the purpose? What is my purpose? What is the meaning of life? What is all of this? What happens when I die, right? These were a lot of the questions that almost everybody in this world that walks this world ask. Unless you are, um, you know, so addicted to social media and you look at your phone 24-7, right? Uh, There's so many distractions out there that also teach you and they try to invade your mind. So that way your mind will conform to the patterns of this earth. But we know in this, in this church that we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Amen? Amen? So here is our brain. And it is being clouded every single day. By what? So there's a lot of people that do their life based on, you know, past events, big name figures, uh, philosophical figures at that. You know, we have Aristotle. We have Plato. Uh, Socrates. There's several other ones. They live by these amazing philosophical quotes, right? And that serves as a moral compass to many, okay? We also have politics that, can, that we engage in 24-7. We always hear on the news, the left versus the right, the good versus the bad, the red versus the blue, right? The Democrats versus the Republicans. Which one? Which one do I choose? Which one is fitting for me? Well, you know, a lot of these laws, a lot of these beliefs are just plaguing our minds because of social media. Because of the way that the news broadcasts all of this information, generally it sways us to believe in a certain way. We also have science. So I have Galileo, which is a part of the solar system. He did a bunch of studies, a lot of mathematics behind it too. Uh, In the center of the science piece, we have Darwin. So we all know what he's famous for, uh, evolution and all that stuff. Um, we have Einstein there, so he's really helped out in my field of study, which is more on the, you know, uh, mathematical and engineering, so appreciate that. Uh, there's ritualistic practices. Again, I'm not promoting this, but I'm just speaking as to what people believe in. Uh, today, if you're dating, um, you know, a lot of people believe in horoscopes. Oh, what sign are you, you know? Uh, I'm, I'm Libra. I don't know what that means. I was born in October. But I don't know when this ritualistic practices was created, but, um, you know, a lot of people put their faith in that. They put their belief system and who they hang out with, who they date. And that is, it, for, to me, that's kind of crazy. But, you know, we, we learn from 
um, we, we, we learn we from the world, but there's also the biblical aspect where we can also learn from as well. Um, some other ritualistic practices, I and mean, people can even uh, speak to medians, you know, and, and talk through all of that. I saw a couple of shows regarding that. Um, became pretty popular back in the day. Uh, there are societal systems. Societal systems being our judicial law, you know, the power of, of the law balances. Uh, you have your um, department of, of um, uh, the, the law department, whatever. Um, justice, thank you, thank you. And then you have the financial banking systems that we trust in as well. We look at our banking systems, right? We're, we're like, okay, how much money do I have in the bank? Oh, I'm good, so I can do whatever I want today, right? And, you know, if that bank account goes to zero, where's your, where's your faith? Like, what do you start doing? Yeah, you start biting your nails. Mm. Uh, Mom, can I start living in your basement? <laughs> yep. Uh, then we also have our famous idols. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson is right there. Uh, he's pretty cool. Uh, lifts a lot of weights, but, you know, he's famous for his motivation. And he also sways a lot of our young, young men to know what manly manliness looks like, right? So we want to strive to look like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and get tattoos all over our body, and we just want to be alpha dog, alpha male. I think that's what it means to be a man, right? Maybe? I don't know. We have Elon Musk, who's doing a lot of changes in the world. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of good, a lot of, you know, uh, technology that he's introducing. So um, a lot of brainiacs are looking to him for a lot of uh, inspiration, I'll say. And then we have Beyonce. Um, so <laughs> I hear a lot of mixed reviews in the audience. So, you know, the point is here, um, these people have gained a platform, and that platform is very influential, especially among the minds of our youth, especially the among, among the minds that are idle, really. So what we're here today to talk about is not about each one of these. Uh, of course, I forgot the world religions. There are the three top ones, which is Islamic, Christ, uh, Christianity, and Judaism. Um, we're going to talk about ours. We're going to put a magnifying glass on our belief system, which is the Bible, which is the Word of God, which is truth. Amen? Amen. So let's do that. Got to ask you guys a question. You got faith? Amen. Amen. All right. So I put this up there, of course, you know, got milk, uh, you know, advertisements. This is kind of a spinoff of that, got faith. But I remember early on in my walk as a Christian, I would go through trials. I would go through my own tribulations and I would always have questions. I'm sure you guys don't relate. But whenever I had questions and I had I was going through a hard time, I turned to my fellow brethren in the faith and I asked them, like, hey, what do I do? Have you guys gone through this? What does the Bible say? And you know, generally I'll have a, a response of, it's all right, brother, you know, put your faith in God, just have faith. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, it, it caused me to internalize, you, do I have faith? You know, and, and do I have faith in the right things? And if I have faith in the right things, then what? Like, what is the outcome of that? So, these questions, again, these are what we're going to uncover today. All right, so I'm glad you guys get to ride this ride with me. So what is faith? Hmm, I don't know. Well, we know in Hebrews chapter 11, it defines it for us, right? So in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of the things that are hoped for, 
and the evidence of the things that are not seen. That is very, very interesting. So there's a two-piece definition to that, right? So I put that little bubble above it. So number one, faith is the substance of the things that are hoped for. The definition of substance, you see, I just clipped it right there. The real physical matter of which a person or thing consists and which has a tangible, solid presence, right? So we know that, the, that there's a tangibility with this substance. Now, faith may not be a physical substance, but we believe it's a spiritual substance. It's actually a tangible thing, and I'll prove it to you today. Evidence, the evidence of things not seen. What is evidence? The evidence is the available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief or a, a proposition is true or valid. Wow. I mean, that within itself is deep. I'm going to try to go a little bit slow today because uh, a lot of this is very deep, and I want you to cling on to this, really. I desire for everybody to want to ravage the, the Word of God and to understand these things with their entire being because he's, God says there will be a day where instead of like the, the tablets that Moses had that had all the laws on them, that these tablets will be our hearts. He will place them on our hearts and they will grow by faith. Amen. In Jesus' name, they will. All right. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. It says, For the invisible things. So this is Paul speaking to his fellow brethren. Uh, I think at this time it was also Jews, but he was more for the Gentiles. So he was saying, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So what is he talking about? Paul is really saying, if you guys just take the time and look around you, and you're in awe, you're in wonder, and you're like, wow, this is brilliant. These things that man could not make were made, and they have a purpose, and they have a function about them, that is nearly perfect, right? Amen. Where did that come from? God did that on purpose. So, his, so nature and everything around it would be able to testify to his existence and to his lordship and to his perfection. Amen? So that no man may have excuse. However, in our mindset here, born on this earth, we were born in sinful nature. Uh, we were trained by the world, essentially. And so we were trained to even be abrasive to this idea, right? Until the word of God comes into your heart, until Holy Spirit calls you into deeper. That's when we receive the truth and we believe we have a new belief system that we can cling on to. Amen? All right. So Matthew chapter 8, verse 10. And when Jesus heard it, so this is a, and by the way, I'm going into New Testament and it's where Jesus and all of his works uh, started. And he went through so many people that had faith that was tangible. And he pointed it out. He says, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. So when we think that faith is a substance and yeah, it might be invisible. Well, Jesus can see it very clearly. He sees it by our actions. Our actions are that evidence to the faith. Amen? Amen. So whenever we receive, um, whenever we do have faith, then it's followed up by action. 
that action is the evidence for everybody to see. Okay, how do we get faith? Hmm. All right, let's see again. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So first, we see that we receive the word of God. Then faith is produced. And then, action results as an, as an evidence, right? Yeah. So here comes the fancy PowerPoint work. <laughs> All right. So Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 17 for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So whoever calls on him will receive salvation. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? Okay, so we need to believe in order to call on him in order to receive salvation. Okay? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? So we need to hear the word of God that testifies to who Jesus is, to who God is, his um, his lordship in our lives to receive belief and faith to call upon him to receive salvation. And how shall they hear without a preacher? So somebody that has received the word of God, that has redirected their convictions about how they see the entire world because of their belief and their personal experiences with God and reading the word of God day and night and understanding that it is not by our works, not by our strength, but by the loving God that sent his son here to redeem us, that will change and transform somebody and their convictions will, will cause them to have a certain result through their actions, right? That's the evidence. So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. All right, here's an interesting part. Faith is like heavenly currency. Uh, my wife and I were talking about faith and she was like, you know something? I feel like, like every time somebody did something out of faith, Jesus recognized it, right? And it was always counted to them as righteousness. And I was like, yeah, you are correct. It is like, like heavenly currency. And you know how it says, store your, your, your heart, or store your treasures up in heaven, right? Where moths and other things will not eat of it. And I do believe that your faith, the way that you respond here on earth, your, your very actions and deeds, after the convictions that you receive God and you receive the word of God, that is like heavenly currency, right? Here's another interesting part. I was reading through Romans because Romans had a lot of the word faith in it. And I'm like, okay, there has to be something here about faith. I want to uncover it. Abraham is the father of faith. And okay. I want to understand why he's the father of faith. You know, whenever we sing a father Abraham, right? Father Abraham. I understand that Abraham is our father because God says you will have, you'll be blessed. You'll have a seed of many nations, right? And there'll be more than the stars in the sky, more than the sands on the beach, right? More than sands on the shore. Okay. So that is true because I read through the Bible and I see all of the lineage. I see all of his sons and everybody that came from his seed. And I'm like, wow, praise God. But then I read Romans again and very, very carefully. And it was revealed that Abraham wasn't necessarily just the father of a physical nation of many nations. He's the father of our faith. And what that means is, um, you know, whenever he gave birth and he had all the sons, um, and then they had their lineage, and through that lineage came Jesus Christ and all that. 
that's that was the surface level of how I believed. But as I read through Romans, it talks about whenever God gave him that promise, he was not circumcised. So the law wasn't enacted yet. So it wasn't by the law that he received that blessing. It was by his faith in God. Whenever God said, hey, move your family from here to there, he said, okay, here I am. Let's do it. And he received these blessings. So through him believing in God and acting upon that belief, he became the father of many. And that is you and me in here today. When we believe and whenever we act out that belief, into our actions, and we, and it's actually praising God how we act, how we respond every single day. Amen? Amen. So He is our Father of faith. Is this good? Is this? Am I going too fast? Or yeah? Okay, good. How do we grow in faith? Uh, this is a common thing, especially His disciples. It says, "And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith." Because he continually had all these parables that made it seem impossible to reach the kingdom of heaven. And they're like, man, the rich people can't join. The poor people, it's, sometimes it's a struggle. I don't understand. Help us increase our faith so we can get there. So we can be who we need to be. And that was their mindset. And Jesus, you know, of course, the loving that he is, he has a plan for everything. So let's see how we uncover that. So this is a lengthy one, so bear with me. Um, how do we grow in faith? First Peter chapter one, verse nine through or five through nine says, "Who are kept so us, the believers, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation." So through our faith, He will keep us. His power will keep us safe until salvation. Amen. Ready to be revealed in the last time, uh, wherein ye greatly rejoice. Though now for a season, if need be, ye are heaviness through manifold temptations. So basically, even though you're going through things, you're still rejoicing because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen? Amen. Did we not just have that in praise and worship today? How perfect that was? Yes, ye rejoice through those temptations. And then verse 7, that the trials of your faith, being much more precious than, than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So how do we grow our faith? The faith that we have, the little faith that we might have, the size of a mustard seed, we hold on to it and it will be tested, it will be tried. He never said that this is going to be an easy life if you believe in me. Amen? Right? Whenever you receive Jesus, are you, is it a walk in the park for you? No, it's actually work. It is work, ladies and gentlemen. You have to read the Word of God and you have to believe in it, no matter how hard it is. It's even harder to have this belief system than just to be an atheist, in my opinion. So, your faith will be tried. The same way that you go to the gym, you know, Gold's Gym, you work out with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You, you start doing the curls and you start shredding all of these muscle uh, tissues and fibers and all that stuff. They regrow, right? But they have to be tested. The same way, your faith will be tested. Romans chapter 5, and uh, spoiler alert, here comes another one of those crazy uh, flowcharts. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace, wherewith we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Right? 
So we're rejoicing based off of the hope that the word of God has given us. And we cling onto that. We cling onto that hope. In Proverbs, it actually says, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. So without hope, people enter into depression. And it's getting rampant out there. If you just open your eyes, you see that people are in need of something that they cannot put their hands on, that they cannot put their fingers on, right? That's why they need a preacher to be sent. Amen? That preacher is you. You receive the word of God and it builds in your spirit. You build it with with the the trials, the tribulations, and it grows to where you have hope that not is only for you to withstand future uh, trials, but you can share that hope. Amen? All right, so we get faith by going through tribulation, by testing. Then through testing, we gain patience. Through the patience that we receive through that testing, we get experience. That's why I love talking to seasoned people because they have experience. The things that I don't, um, and I'm going to share this real quick, I have to. So I, I joined a, a jiu-jitsu, um, what is it called? A, a jiu-jitsu class, thank you. And it was years ago, of course, years ago. And I was always interested in, you know, mixed martial arts. And there was a guy that was there, and he was a purple belt, which is right underneath uh, black belt, right? And so he, he was missing this part of his arm all the way down. And at that point in my life, I was the most fit I'd ever been. You know, like a chiseled young man. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take everybody in here. Just show me the, the first person. And then they said, you're going to roll with this guy. Rolling means like you're going to wrestle, you're going to practice with this guy. And I'm like, mm, well, that's not fair to him, of course. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I don't want to... And I don't want to break any bones or anything, but so we rolled uh, five rounds for five minutes each. And to my amazement, he tapped me out five times with one arm. And, and that was my fault. It was my, my mindset. But I realized whenever I was trying to practice the little moves that I just learned that day and with all of my might, with all of my strength, I'm trying to maneuver him into like a, a submission or a, a choke or something like that. He, he stepped back and his, his hands were tight. Well, his hand was tight and he was just waiting for me to make a, a certain move and he knew what he was doing. He was conserving his energy. I was wasting my energy and out of my lack of ex, uh, experience and out of his wealth of experience, he won. That was crazy. Even if I had more strength that day, he won. It was experience. Um, so experience turns into hope. Amen. The substance of the things that are hoped for, right? So then it goes back in and it goes into the cycle again. Praise God because we always have a chance to increase our faith. So it's like I said, it's not just for us, but it's for our brothers and sisters. As they're going through trials, God said, all right, I'm choosing Sunhi to go through this one because I know that nothing is too tough for her without me, right? If, If I'm there, I will make sure that she'll get through it. And I will make sure that her faith will be increased in it somehow. Amen? All right. Uh, this next verse is just like it. Uh, James chapter 1. My brethren, count it all joy. Count, this is amazing. Like this, this has really changed my life. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. When you go into different trials and testings, uh, it's not, it doesn't mean that, that God does, has forgotten about you. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person, that you have to go through these things. But it, 
count it as joy. Say, wow, this is a, a shot for me to test my faith and to get closer to you, God, because I know that, that your preaching is true. Let God be true, but every man be a liar. Amen. Amen? The word of God is the last thing that will remain. When you come and go and you're long gone, everybody forgets you in history, the word of God will remain. Amen? It says that the grass will wither and the fields will wither, but the word of God remains forever, for eternal. All right. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So I know that this is a lot of words, but basically go through with joy. Rejoice in the hope that you have, which is Jesus Christ, which is the blood that was shed for you so that your sins were forgiven. It is not by your works so that no man may boast, but it is by your faith through his grace. Amen. Here's an interesting one. So I'm a city boy. I don't know anything about agriculture or farming or anything like that. So I'm hungry. I'm hungry for some knowledge. Um, I go on Google, of course, because I'm seeking knowledge. That's the first place I go. Um, I wanted to know a little bit more about wheat because in the Bible, it talks about a lot about wheat, a lot about chaff, a lot about the threshing block and, and um, you know, winnowing and sifting. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, right? So I turn to Google and I, I find this picture. It's, it's really uh, a depicting picture. So I will explain. Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32. It says, and the Lord said, so Jesus is talking to Simon Peter, to Peter, right? Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Okay. All right. That is frightening. Thank you for that. Right? But, but, that's a big word here. I have prayed for thee. I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Hallelujah. How many of you understand and recognize that Jesus, he did die on the cross, but he was he rose three days later so that he can become our high priest in heaven and he will always be there. There will be no other sacrifice like him, no other perfect sacrifice on your behalf so that you may be righteous, but Jesus alone. That Jesus is also the high priest that is praying for your faith. He is praying for you to withstand all the trials and tribulations, the fiery darts of the enemy that are thrown at you today. What are those darts? You're going to go through something personal, very personal. You may not have even shared it, not with your wife or husband, not with your best friend, and you're going through something. This is very important for you all to hear today. All right, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. He had to be converted because though his faith did not fail, it faltered. He denied Christ three times. It faltered. Uh, we're like that too, ladies and gentlemen. It's just like that, right? We're human. We, we make mistakes. But praise God, for he has a plan for us. He says, be perfect, for I am perfect. Be holy, for I am holy. He understands. He understands. So when you are converted, meaning when you come to, whenever you, you get, regain your senses, you, um, um, what's the word? Whenever you deny your sin, you turn. Repent. Yes, yes, yes. When you repent from your sin, that is the conversion. When you repent, then strengthen thy brethren. 
Remember, hope is not just for you. You grab somebody's hand and you take them to the finish line with you. We need brothers and sisters. Amen. There is a whole army out there of who knows what, um, you know, in the various wars. Uh, let us be this army here on earth, right? This army of righteousness. Anyway, going back to the picture, exciting times. So wheat. So there is a weight about wheat that whenever you thresh it, you cut it from the ground, then you uh, bundle it in stacks of sheaves. Thank you. And with those sheaves, then they start trying to figure out how they can dissect the wheat, right, from the, from the chaff. So that's the winnowing process. Whenever they, they put it in a basket, this guy has it in the basket, and then they toss it in the air, and the wind will take the lighter particles, which is the chaff. The chaff and the wheat, it's very hard to handpick one by one, right? But Jesus uses all of this through his, through his parables. Yes, and, and they're beaten as well. Uh, we'll save that one for later. <laughs> so as you, as you toss it up in the air, the wheat kernels are, are weightier than the chaff. So the chaff is blown into the wind and the weight of the wheat causes it to fall back into the, into the basket so it can be harvested and people can enjoy bread, right? Amen? So the wind that we're talking about is the trials, is the tribulations. Are you going to be sifted? Will you be blown away like chaff? I believe when you receive the word of God, that is the weight. You receive the word of God, that becomes your weight. You become that wheat kernel that whenever you're tossed into the wind, you are not affected. You will fall right back down into the arms of Jesus Christ. And he's there watching over you. Amen. So speaking of that weight by the word of God, the word of God, when you consume it, whenever you have it, that adds a sturdiness to you, right? You're sturdy. You're ready to fight. Praise God for that. All right. So speaking of weight, we've talked about the weight of the word of God weighing you down, right? Uh, I created this graphic. So it's, I see it as a balance. You know, it always says that we will be judged. We will be judged. There is a judgment out there. So whenever we enter into that judgment, it says that we will be judged according to our deeds, right? So we will not be found righteous by our works. Just hear me clearly. We will not be found righteous by our works, but it's by faith in Jesus Christ first off, okay? However, our works do testify to our faith, amen? So if we do believe and we have this belief system, then we will have action from that belief system. You know, I'm standing on this stage believing that whoever made it knew what they were doing and I'm not going to collapse through the floor, right? That's faith, yeah? So I believe that the word of God, we will be judged based off of the word of God, right? And whenever we have the word of God, through our faith, that, righteous, that righteousness through our faith will, will uh, balance out that weight and God will say, yeah, I know that you believe in Jesus Christ, which this is the only reason why you're justified by your faith in him, but it's through the word of God that you, you believe that. So you're here today to show me that that is true. Welcome home. Yeah. Amen? So I put it in parentheses underneath. Is it by works or is it by faith? Of course, in Ephesians it says, For it is not by works so that no man may boast, so that no Pharisees with a pharisaical heart is like, <laughs> I'm glad I'm not that guy. You know, I, I pray 24-7 and I, I tithe and I do this and I do that. 
Oh, really? Okay, great. Good for you. How do you treat your mom? How do you treat your dad? Do you help them out? You give and tithe, but whenever they're in need, do you give to them? Hmm, you're missing the point here. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know if that was me. Okay, here we go. All right, how do we protect our faith? So in my head, I was thinking, like, how cool would it be to have a mama eagle just protecting their egg and being so, like, you know, graphic that everybody would be riled up, coming out of their seats and giving their lives to Christ. It's, it's, I guess it's a lag. It's going to happen. But um, So I, I love to see eagles because it always, the Bible talks about two animals a lot, eagles and lions, right? So the eagle, I love Psalm 91, where it says, He who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. I always think of being perched on that high perch with the eagle's nest, because no predator, no other bird will go up that high, right? It's just the eagle. The eagle is the highest, right? And then so whenever you're protecting your faith, uh, it also says, And under your pinions I will trust. Under your wings, under your feathers, have you ever seen a mother hen protect her young from the predators and they just flare out their feathers? Oh man, we're under the best wings ever. Amen? So protect your faith the way that this mama eagle is protecting. Make sure because people are going to challenge you. Oh boy. Go out there. Oh, you believe in the risen? You believe in resurrection? <laughs> Loser. You know, you, you believe in this? You believe in that? Well, how do you explain? Well, the Bible says this, but you know, the same Bible is so contradictory. And what do you, how do you explain that? You know, those people don't necessarily want to know the truth. They just want to be right. Right? It is up to you to defend your faith. Amen? Because that is what you're going to be going off of when you go through these trials. That person, Billy, Joe, Bob, whoever is bringing up these smart ideas and combating you, he's not going to be there when you're going through trials. It's up to you. If, you're, you, know, if you are ever presented a, a, a time where Jesus is face to face with you, he will see your faith. He will not see how many arguments you've won. He'll see your faith. Amen. He'll see what you have done with that faith. Yeah. Amen. So how do we protect our faith? First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. There is always a time where, you know, out of the blues, it seems like it happens to me. You know, I'm just doing my life, and then somebody pulls me aside. Hey, hey, Brother Jonathan, come here. They don't say Brother Jonathan, but hey, hey uh, Jonathan, uh, Hey, man, I see you're always, like, calm and collected and, uh, like, you're never angry or you're never sad about something. Like, can I ask you why? Well, yes, you may. Like, do you have a seat? Do you have time for, uh, you have time for me to share? And then that's whenever the gospel will be preached to them. And it's just, it's the best feeling I can ever experience. It's whenever I can lead somebody to the Lord or I can lead somebody through the word of God and I can share the simplicity yet the complexity of it and how beautiful it intertwines, right? It is through salvation. It is through their faith that they can receive salvation. And that's my desire, along with everybody in here, that we can raise up an army and we can bring salvation to this broken world. Amen? Yes. 
All right, again, remember, it's not just for us. We can grab somebody else's hand. In this particular, I don't even know their names, but I remember seeing a clip on the internet where somebody rolled his ankle and there was only one person that didn't finish the race. But that one person grabbed a hold of his arm of the other racer that got injured, grabbed his arm, lifted it over his neck and started limping to the finish line with him. And I thought, how powerful was that? You know, there was a stadium of thousands upon thousands of people cheering, not for the people that finished the race, but if how certain people finished the race that they were cheering. We have an audience in here, ladies and gentlemen. We have an audience of angels. We have an audience of everybody that's in heaven. They're watching and they're cheering you on, you know. They're interceding, right? Jesus Christ is interceding for you. Let's run the race and let's do it the right way. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Meaning that whenever you go through this good fight, that yeah, you might be nicked and bruised and you might have lacerations and cuts. But if you reach that finish line, you get a new body. You, get a, you are a new being. You are perfected in the name of Jesus Christ. So that's why I desire for everybody in this room, when, they go, when you all go through trials, through tribulations, it will be different and specific for each one of you. But rejoice in them for the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. Is that me again? Okay, thanks. Is that technical difficulties? Am I clicking the, is it the down arrow? Okay, sorry, that's me. (laughs) Okay, we're good. All right, here's the good news. It's not about, oh, we have to do another thing. All right, Jonathan, you're telling me to do another thing. I'm going through this and I'm I'm feeling weak. I need to pick me up here. Your faith will protect you, okay? Your faith will protect you. Whenever you receive the word of God and you nourish it, you nurture it within you. It will protect you, ladies and gentlemen. So, oh, I like that picture, by the way. Let me go back. So this is the fiery darts being thrown at you. Imagine you being in that shield of the Spartan, you with all those chiseled muscles and whatnot. That is you going through the fight of faith. You have to be strengthened. You have to go in that prayer closet, right? That's where we build ourselves. We read the word of God, and that is what builds our faith. But that faith shield, the shield of faith, is going to be the one to extinguish the the fiery darts of the enemy when, not if, when they are tossed your way. And they come speeding fast, I promise you. Ephesians chapter 6, this is where it's found in the Bible, talking about the armor of God. Uh, verse 16, above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench. Ye shall be able to quench. Like this is, you have the authority to do this. You shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen? All right, here's a lengthy one, but I still have to read it. Okay? This is where Jesus goes into into the desert. He fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, and he goes through the temptations, the same very temptations you and I, you and I both go through today. And Satan, the accuser of the brethren, is the tempter. It says in Matthew chapter 4, and when the tempter came to him, he said, oh, if you're the son of God, command these stones to be made to bread. Why don't you? But Jesus says, well, it is written. Where was it written? Hmm. It is scripture. It is God-breathed. It is written, man 
shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Then the devil take him to, up to the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written that he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Hey, is that biblical? Yes. yes, that is scripture. So guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We need to know scripture because the devil will say, huh, did God really say that? This apple, or apple, this fruit is good. But did God really say you can't have of it? Or was he like, eh, you may not take it? Hmm, he's going to test you. He's going to test you what you know. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, devil, that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again, the devil came, or take, taketh him up to an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them, and said unto him, All these things I, I will give thee, if thou wilt fault and worship me. Oh boy, we're headed to that time. Revelation points to it, you know, that, that there will be somebody that is raised, and that they're going, to be, they're going to be demanding that they be worshipped. Do not bow to that. Amen. Do not. Because the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. Amen. They know it. So Jesus says, get the... I hear baz in the, in the audience. Bah. Get... Oh, so he says, get thee, Satan. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Amen. So it is by scripture that he was fighting this fight, right? It is by the word of God, which is a sword, that we can fight as well. To be reminded of that. So our faith in the word of God, being truth, will guide us and protect us. All right. Another illustration here for you. I, I picture it being like a house. You know, which, who, who owns a house in here that if it goes through a storm and let's say there's hail, and the hail damages your roof, you might have a leak or two, are you going to repair it? Of course, of course, because that thing protects you. The roof protects you. It's, it provides shelter. In the same way, your faith can be like that. So, therefore, uh, this is found in Matthew chapter 7, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. That rock is Jesus Christ. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and the foreign nationalists and all of these armies and spy balloons and this and this and that are coming to you, and you will not fall. You will not perish. Amen. For it was founded, you are founded upon the rock of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So, of course... This is a huge topic, and I would love to continue talking for hours and hours and hours. But the most important thing to do is to just go over the fundamentals and to remind you all of what your faith means and how you carry yourselves outside of this door and within this door, what it means to one another, and what it means to your eternal life. So, of course, I would like to pray for our faith. But before I do that, uh, I just wanted to share how this can help you because it's helped me practically, right? So I remember it wasn't even long ago where I was tempted, right? I had temptations of just being angry at somebody or lashing out or doing something in some way. I remember that the Bible says you are a king and a priest. 
oh, oops. Did, did, should a king and a priest be acting this way, the way that I am? D- did I not believe the word whenever I read it millions of times? I'm a king and a priest. Amen. So, so a bunch of you in here have gone through the school of prophets where you, know, you are now in the office of a prophet. It's not just a cheesy title. This is, you, you are holding the oracles of God. And so whenever you start believing in it in your heart, then you will start showing it as evidence. Whenever I remembered that I first understood what it means to be the leader of my household, boy, I started, boom, all right. All right, I'm the, the leader of the household, you know. But whenever I believed in it through a Christian standpoint, I realized how much more nurturing I was to my family, how much more protective I was, and how much more I saw Kate take, you know, be a little bit more comfortable. Okay, he's got this, right? And that was the best feeling. But it was only whenever I believed in my position. So a lot of you in here have a position. So you need to build your faith to understand it's not just a title. It's, It's your actions. Start acting on it. You're, you may not be where you think you should be because of you, because you are your own enemy. It's your mindset that has been plagued by all of these things in this world. But take heart because Jesus Christ has overcome this world. There will be troubles. There will be trials. There will be tribulations. But take heart because you have the word of God, which will never, ever decease within you. And it will always build you up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today... Um, Oh, and I'll give you another thing. What faith can do. So I remember that my beloved dog, his name is Bo. He's a red healer. He is super wild, uh, out of control. I love him. Uh, he has a lot of energy. And, uh, you know, there's a, there was a couple of times he had episodes of uh, seizures. And I was like, man, this dog is going through some hard times. <sighs> I think I need to take him to the vet. I need to do this. I need to do that. I'm looking on Google and it says, well, you know, it's going to be a chronic thing. It's going to be lifelong. The best thing you can do is make sure that he's comfortable and that you take care of him in X, Y, and Z. You take him to the vet regularly. I'm like, man, sure is a lot of work. And and I want to do that because I hate to see him like this. And then I turned on my desk and I saw anointing oil. (laughs) Have I anointed this dog? Dab, dab, dab. In the name of Jesus, you will never have a seizure again. You will act according to how, how God has called your purpose, your will. You will be my best friend. You will be healthy. In Jesus' name. He has not had a seizure again. So that's a little snippet of what faith can do. Of what the word of God. You have to have your faith in the right things. I'm a, a Cowboys fan. And I have faith that they can go to the Super Bowl but it has to also be aligned with the will of God, right? Because I'm still waiting. They're going to make it, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, what I'm saying is you have to put your faith in the right things. Amen? You hear the word of God. You do believe it's true. Then start acting like it is true. You are a king. You are a priest in this place. Hallelujah and praise God, right? So let us pray together um, for us to increase our faith, for God to increase our faith. Let's bow our heads. In the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you and we receive this word of God. We ask Holy Spirit to help to impart it into our hearts, to make it 
sturdy and stay there like the rock that we build our house on. We ask in Jesus' name that our faith will be increased today, that there is scripture, there's so much scripture out there pointing to what faith can do. And we believe in you as our word of truth. We believe in you as our true savior and that no man can pluck us out of the hands of God except ourselves. I pray, Father Almighty God, that you will build up every single individual's faith in this room, online, anybody hearing my voice right now, in Jesus' name, build their faith. I pray, Father God, that they would be excited uh, within them and just hunger for the word of God. They would go and devour it and that they would stay true. They would continue to build their faith in this cycle of going through trials and tribulations. I pray, Almighty Father, you grant them the strength that they will not falter or that they will falter, but their faith will not fail. I pray, Almighty Father, that as they go through trials and tribulations, you will give them the strength to get through that and also give them enough strength to hold their brothers and sisters up in Christ. All the way up until salvation, we love you, we worship you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so it's a big topic. I know I have a lot of uh, my brothers and sisters in here that are very knowledgeable in the Word of God. If you have any more questions, questions, comments, concerns about faith, I'm going to be standing up here to answer them, to pray for you. I'll have my brothers and sisters come up here and pray for you if needed. Um, if you have heard that, that word and you want to comment and you want to send it to contact at spiritofprophecychurch.com is an email. Also, uh, we would love to see you in here. We're at Plano, Texas. Become a part of our family. We'd love to do life with you, go through trials, hold you up, have you hold us up as well. Um, hold us up by praying for us. And not only that, but if you want to be a blessing physically, you can also help donate. So we have a couple of baskets where you can donate to either the church for the ministry uh, to grow, or you can also donate for the sake of going on mission trips and we spread the gospel so that people will open their ears to hear this goodness, the word of God that will save them. So it's been my pleasure to be with you guys this morning. And uh, may your faith be increased, and God loves you, and uh, praise God.